Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. You ready? 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 Watch out,
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, brought to you by not just Missy AE, but also the Whispers groups as well. Uh, I am your host, Steve. Uh, as always, I am joined with me uh, by Lou. And for those of you guys that want to call in, talk some sports, you can call in at 657-383-1308. Uh, depending on how my voice is, maybe we will be on for the full three hours tonight. Not sure. Uh, kind of dealing with a, a bit of a... Uh, bit of a scratchy throat tonight, so we will see how things go. Uh, but how are you doing tonight, Lou? All right. Well, we I have... Family uh, well, well. Oh, okay. Well, we have, yeah. you know, Lou, we have, a, we have a lot on the plate tonight. Um, we have oh, yeah. the MLB playoff. We have the MLB playoffs to talk about. We have, mm-hmm. of course, the NHL and the NBA starting back up. Uh, we got the God. fight between we got the fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder yes. uh, tonight as well. The uh, the trilogy to go along with uh, quite a few boxing trilogies in boxing's past, uh, and yes. so much more because. Uh, <laughs> We'll also be looking at where where certain, uh, in particular, uh, where certain head coaches may stand entering the NHL season as well this year. Uh, yeah. And well, let's let's just say there's also been quite a few injuries that we have to talk about as well. No kidding. And and maybe a bit of a controversy. Uh, and I figure maybe we will start off with that. And it involves Raiders coach John Gruden, who uh-huh. apparently sent an email. This was, this was back during the 2011 lockout. I'm kind of surprised it's being brought up now all of a sudden. Why now? It's 10 years uh, ago. That's what's odd about it. This is this was back. I don't even think he was in the league at this point. I think he was uh, he was yeah. wasn't he working for ESPN back then? Yes. Well, apparently uh, he used a racist trope to describe uh, the well at the time. I think I think he he was at the time, but I think he is still the current. Uh, executive director of the NFL Players Association, Damari Smith, uh, where supposedly, the, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Gruden wrote in his email that dumb Boris and, you know, he it spelled out D-U-M-B-O-R-I-S-S, Smith, has lips the size of, of Michelin tires. Uh, in the email that was that was sent during the height of the NFL lockout that had taken place back in 2011. Right. Yeah. And you know what's weird? Maybe it's maybe I'm just dumb and I'm not getting it, but I don't see how this is a racist trope. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
call, calling it li- saying he has lips the size of Michelin tires. Is that because it, are they trying to insinuate that all black people have big lips or something? Is that what what the whole big deal about this is? Maybe. I mean, I'll get that myself. Yeah, I really don't understand it, but uh, Gruden, uh, who recently apologized about the incident, said that he was upset with how Smith was handling the CBA talks at the time, uh, and he reaffirmed to the Wall Street Journal that he had used a horrible way of explaining it. Uh, Now, the NFL has since released an empty statement on the matter, stating that the league condemns the statement and regrets any harm that that its publication may inflict on Mr. Smith or anyone else. Basically, the normal bullshit that you would hear from, you know, from a a released statement by any league. Uh, it also says that the league is also reportedly sharing emails pertaining to Gruden with the Raiders, while a person familiar with the matter uh, said that the NFL is currently dis- currently discussing his current status with the club. So it sounds like maybe perhaps uh, Gruden may end up being suspended or potentially fired because of an incident that took place uh. 10 years ago. And... I mean, I can kind of understand why, considering the current climate that we are in right now. But what are your thoughts, Lou, on uh, on this incident? Well, it happened ten years ago. I mean, I don't know why you're making the, the, the federal case about it now. You should have done something about it back then. You big dope. I mean, what's the point of bringing think... it to the man all this time later? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you you would think that. If it was such a big deal, it w- it would have been brought up back then, instead of. Uh, yeah. Although you know, who knows? Maybe it's because at the time, ESPN. I, I believe he was working for ESPN at that time. But at that time, they yeah. weren't really being. You know, they weren't really being investigated. For certain things, so this is obviously something. This is obviously something that had been dug up by the media, by the Wall Street Journal, uh, while while ESPN was being looked into within the past couple of years, and this was yeah. obviously one of those things that came up. So, uh, do you think, Lou, that he's going to be that he's going to face any sort of punishment for this? Because I mean, granted, you know, it is uh, a potential bad look on the franchise to hire somebody who, yeah, you know, who, who, to hire somebody who would make those kind of statements. But yet at the same time, I imagine this was also 10 years ago. But I don't know exactly the I what, mean, but I think uh, there is going to be some form of punishment there. Yeah, I, 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 there probably is, but at the same at the same time, you know, it's just it's just plain ridiculous the fact that oh, okay, yeah. they're di- they're basically digging into stuff that uh, you know that was talked about years ago or that that you know had happened years ago. It, you could almost dig up stuff on anybody at this point if they if mm-hmm. they really wanted to. 
you know, go all uh, go all politically correct. Basically, they could they could yeah. pick up stuff on anybody if they wanted to. Right. So it's and you know mm-hmm. this isn't the only uh, incident that was uh, that had taken place this week. There was actually something that took place last night in particular, uh, where there was a comment by MLB Network's Jim Cat that was uh, made during a playoff game last night between the Astros and the White Sox, where the Astros ended up going on to beat the White Sox to take a 2 nothing series lead in their ALDS uh, series. Uh, now, Kat's comment came in the second inning as Chicago infielder Yoan Mankata had stepped up to the plate when co-announcer Buck Showalter shared a story about the first time uh, he saw Mankata play in person, and he said he remembered right. asking the, the Baltimore front office, "Can we have one of those?" Meaning, you know, can we can we get one of those type of players? Uh, to which Cat replied, "Get a forty-acre field full of them." Right now, you can obviously tell where that was uh, where that was headed because that was very obviously a slavery reference. Slavery essentially reference here. Yeah. Well, cuz cuz when you when you think of when you think about it, you know, uh the fact that I believe uh free if I recall correctly, freed slaves were given 40 40 acres of land or something. <laughs> I think it was something like that, but you know, a lot a lot of people are are saying that this is basically a reference to slavery when really yeah, it, it, it uh, I mean, it's I, I don't understand why why Cat even said this in the first place. I mean, the dude's 82 years old. And yeah, and he was he did end up well. He was he was what? A former Yankee announcer. Yeah, that's. And speaking of Yankee announcers, we got to talk about uh, about John Sterling in a minute as well, because uh, that it was a funny thing that that he said. Uh, the way he uh, said something during the uh, Yankees Red Sox game uh, that we got to talk about. Um, but Cat uh, did apologize for the comment a few innings later, mm-hmm. saying. Uh, that earlier in the game when Yoan Mankata was at the plate in an, mm. att- in an attempt to compliment the great player that he is, I used a poor choice of words that resulted in an insensitive and hurtful remark, and I'm sorry for that. And now, because of that, uh, he is getting grilled. He's getting grilled by, by fans for saying that apology because many are calling him out for sounding like he was reading the statement off of a piece of paper. Like it's not, it sounded like it was a statement that uh, MLB Network gave him to say on air, instead of uh, instead of it being from the heart, you know, and and him really really apologizing for you know for the stuff that he said, mm-hmm. and obviously of course you know this this just comes months after Detroit Tigers announcer Jack Morris was suspended 
for using a mocking accent during uh, an at-bat by uh, remember American that. League uh, superstar Shohei Otani, yep. as well as uh, Tom Brenneman. He faced backlash for using a homophobic slur uh, while calling a Cincinnati Reds game last year. So, you know, this is just one of many incidents that have, that have happened so far. And, you know, I, I almost have to wonder if maybe kind of old age has a little, a little part to play in it. Because when you, when you take it into account, you know, how old some of these announcers are that are making these statements, you know, it's, it's almost like at some point you kind of have to wonder with these networks, how long do you really hold on to a guy until it's time to, until it's time to, you know, move on to, to new blood, uh, if you would, yeah. if you want to call it that. Right. Uh, now the Raiders, they did release a statement. The Raiders did release a statement on Gruden's email calling the contents of it disturbing and not what the Raiders stand for. Uh, The team is currently investigating the situation and is in the process of addressing the matter with Coach Gruden. So it sounds like maybe perhaps there may be some sort of punishment that is handed down because obviously this wasn't brought up when the Raiders originally hired him. So it's possible, you know, we could see a potential mid-season change. Maybe, you know, honestly, maybe as soon as this week, depending on what they decide to do. If they, uh, because you know, they could invoke. It's sort of like, sort of like what the Jaguars are doing with. uh, With Coach Urban Meyer, you know, you heard about that that video. Of yeah. him sitting at a bar with a uh, with a young woman, uh, seemingly giving him a lap dance, right? Oh yeah. Well, the Jaguars—they're apparently—they're apparently looking at a at enacting a morals clause in his contract, uh-huh. to where they could potentially get rid of him for that reason. Just for and, that. Come on, really? Yeah, just for that. And you kind of have to wonder if maybe perhaps the Raiders may try to do the same thing here with John Gruden. Well, Gruden's a dick. Even so though, you know. I mean, yeah, he is. But at the same time, you know, he's got the team. This is one of those cases, you know, where you're like, okay, if we get rid of this guy – it's probably going to set our team back. Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost like, do you want to prioritize football, or do you want to prioritize, you know, good press and being yeah, politically yeah. correct? So, it you know it's it, right now the Raiders are in a bit of a pickle, a bit of a situation that they did not want to be in. Um, you know, it's, it's a really tough spot right now for the Oakland Raiders. 
Or yeah. I'm not Oakland. I'm sorry, the Vegas Raiders. I, I'm Vegas. so used to them oh, right. having been having. We all are. Yeah, I'm so used to them having been from Oakland. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know since uh, since I mentioned the Urban Meyer news, the mother of the 24 year old woman who was dancing on Meyer's lap apparently is reportedly concerned about her daughter's well-being as she told USA Today this past Thursday that her daughter can't even go anywhere and that the seven-second video clip which surfaced on social media is reportedly Mm. ruining her life. Now, the, uh, the the newspaper said it wasn't identifying the woman or her daughter because of the backlash they've received without making any public comments whatsoever. Uh, right. And now apparently the younger woman is being investigated by her, by her employer, mm-hmm. according to, uh, according to the newspaper outlet and the market, the marketing company where she works confirmed that the matter is being reviewed, but they didn't have any further comment. And the woman's mother said she's praying her daughter doesn't lose her job because she had ju- and that she had just bought a house. Uh, the marketing company said it's investigating to determine what, if any, impact that the incident had, but clarified that the woman had been a solid employee in good standing, and the company confirmed it has worked with Meyer's restaurant previously. Now, Urban Meyer did apologize over the incident earlier this week, and uh, he had said that he had been remaining in Ohio where he has roots previously uh, to spend time with family and friends and attend an event where, you know, the the incident has happened. I mean, you know, Lou, it's kind of weird because just looking at – how this how this whole thing has gone down and the fact that her company has previously worked with Meyer with one of Myers's restaurants in the past you kind of have to wonder if maybe perhaps is Urban Meyer sort of pulling a, a few strings here I wouldn't be surprised by that you know there's got to be some kind of string being pulled here I wouldn't I wouldn't get past it There's got to be be something. Just because of the fact that it's – they confirmed that they have worked with his restaurant previously, and with her being – you know, with with her being uh, on the lap supposedly of a public figure like Urban Meyer, this is Meyer's way of basically trying to distance himself from this and trying to make it look uh, as if he's not the person Likely. at fault, which, you know, maybe he really isn't the person at fault, and then and she was just, you know, dancing too close to him. That could well, possibly so be. Go ahead, Luke. He's so lucky, son. He's so lucky, son of a bitch anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the, yeah. th- the thing, too, is uh, his wife, Actually ended up uh, ended up leaving Twitter because uh-huh. of supposedly a whole bunch of threats, uh, yes. or not not threats, but you know a whole bunch of hate that she has gotten all over uh, all over this mm-hmm. thing, and 
She said in the social media rep- in a social media post recently, "We all make mistakes. We are all sinners. If you think you aren't, then cast the first stone." Wrong. And she said that she said that she's quit- she's quitting Twitter due to all the hate, vitriol, slander, and trash that she's received in the wake of Urban dancing with a blonde woman in that uh, in that video. Now, what's interesting about this, though, is that his wife did not make any note of standing by Urban or defending his actions. Though Urban did say yeah. earlier this week that he was uh, that he was confident that his thirty seven year old marriage his thirty seven year marriage would survive. Uh, in I fact, see. he called the whole saga nothing more than a speed bump in their relationship. Uh, and also. Uh, Jacksonville's front office or ownership has criticized his actions uh, with this incident, with owner Shad Khan calling it all inexcusable. Yes. Uh, for his actions. And this just seems like it's a saga that's just consistently evolving at this point. And right. You know, you kind of you kind of have to wonder what's going to come next in this uh, uh, with these developments. If maybe, perhaps we may see, uh, we may not see just John Gruden uh, get replaced. We may potentially see Urban Meyer get replaced. Well, I mean, oh, Meyer it would make sense considering the Jaguars still haven't won yet. Yeah. Well, I was going to give Urban a break. You know. New team, the chemistry's not there yet. I would, yeah, I would have given them the benefit of the doubt, you know. But with this development, uh... goodbye, Charlie. Yeah, you know, it's. It, it, I, I agree with you, Lou. I would kind of give him, you know. I mean, granted, he is a gigantic name in the college scene. I would give him the benefit of the doubt because of the fact that it's a new team. Uh, the Jaguars, you know, they have a lot of uh, a lot of inexperienced talent, and yes, I mean, let's face it, they haven't really been managed all that well. Uh, I'm not talking about co- coaching. I'm talking about you know, as far as front office goes, they haven't really yes. been managed all that well. Uh, hey, we got up to the here. past the past however many years, so. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would think that Urban Meyer would yes. be safe till at least the end of the year, and then you know if they decide uh, that he's one and done, then him. they'll move on from him. They'll move on from right. him after the season. But yes, I mean it's obvious at this point they're probably on track to go uh, to to uh, lose again this week to the Tennessee Titans. So. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to the be zero and five. They're going to go. You think they're going to go for zero and sixteen? Zero and twenty. Zero and twenty-seven. Oh yeah, zero and seventeen. That's right. I forgot. No, 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 no. The all-time record for the biggest losing streak. Because remember, Tampa lost twenty-six in a row in their first year of existence. So Jacksonville is going for the all-time losing record of maybe losing twenty-seven in a row. 
Well, that would probably have to go into next year then, wouldn't it? Because didn't Jacksonville um, win? No, because no, because it started the first game of last season, and they haven't won the game since. So they're on their way to being the super suckiest team of the NFL. That could be done by uh, next month. Oh, boy. Wow, they really – wait a minute. They really yeah, haven't yeah. won a single game? Nope. Wait a minute. That can't be. It's true. Hang on. It's true. I I just honestly I I really oh no no they went one in fifteen last year but let me see when that win was. Wow, that went yeah you know what so right now they have lost their last nineteen games and you say the record is what currently uh, currently twenty six. Twenty six. So. They would need to go. They would need to be zero and twelve for them to break that record. Yes, to start off the year, they would have to go zero and twelve. Yeah, to start off the year and break that record. And honestly, I mean, let me look at their schedule because you know this uh, at at some point this could potentially get very ugly to where. Oh yeah. I would not be surprised, honestly, if uh, if Urban Meyer pulls what he did at Ohio State and decides to step away from the game again. So let's see. They face the Titans. They'll probably lose to the Titans. Oh, yeah. uh, against the Dolphins, I'd say maybe it's possible they potentially beat the Dolphins. Maybe. Really? But, yeah. I mean – the Dolphins, they have, they have, uh, you know, they 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 have struggled to score this year. Yeah, you know, yeah. they they did beat New England, but they only beat New England by one point. It was like seventeen. A win's 16. a win. So it is a yeah, a win's a win. But what I'm saying though is that you know they have struggled to score. So unless unless they can they can. Uh, you know, put up points against Jacksonville, it's entirely possible that Jacksonville could beat Miami with that. Hmm. Uh, two two weeks later, though, against the Seahawks, yeah, there's no way they're beating the Seahawks. There's no, no way in hell they're beating the Bills. No. The Colts, that's another potential because of how horrible the Colts have been this year so far and how horrible, how horrible uh, Carson Wentz has played. So I'd say yeah. maybe at best they could potentially beat the Dolphins and the Colts. Uh, the Niners, they'll lose to the Niners. And let me see, actually, where is – what week is that? Okay. Before uh, anything else, uh, we have an upset here in the making so far. Yeah, we're talking uh, Alabama, right? 24-10. That's the one. Yep. What did, uh, let, me ask you, let me ask you about that, Lou. What, what the hell is going on with Alabama tonight? Because normally yeah. they don't struggle this badly against Texas A&M. I mean, I no, guess it's SEC. I get it's SEC, but, I mean, Alabama was favored by, what, 14 and a half? At least. 
And right now, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Jim, uh, you know, our producer had actually said on his, uh, on his uh, Twitter timeline that, you know, Bryce Young might actually get benched. Uh-huh. Thanks, boss. I mean, I don't think we've uh, I don't think we've really seen Alabama get hammered no. like they uh, like that, but you know, like like they are currently. Right. I mean, this could be the biggest upset since losing, you know, in the Iron Bowl that year. I mean, just wow. Between between this and the fact that Texas, you know, Texas, they almost upset Oklahoma earlier today. Uh, Boise State upset BYU. Yeah. Tenth ranked, ranked BYU. I, yeah. But BYU, you know, was never really that, that much of a team you know, until, like, this year. I mean, when was the last time they were ranked in the top ten, for crying out loud? True. You know, we we haven't really we haven't really seen uh, or heard we haven't really heard much from uh, from BYU no. as being a top football school. So, no, I kind of figured the bubble's going to burst. Yeah, so it it is kind of surprising that they had gotten out to the to the uh, the strong start that they have so far this year. Right, uh, but you know, so far we've seen we've seen upsets take place so far this week and Virginia Tech they're currently leading Notre Dame by a slim margin right now 16-14 we also I mean Texas I still can't get over Texas Texas had a gigantic lead they had at least a 38-20 to lead at the half and they blew it uh, allowing Oklahoma to score 25 25 points in the fourth quarter they outscored Texas twenty-five to seven in the fourth. After Texas got out to a twenty-eight-seven lead at the end of one quarter, and you know, twenty-first-ranked Texas almost upset number six Oklahoma, and well, you know, instead, instead we we saw Oklahoma pull off some absolute stunners when it came to, uh, when it came to throws that they were able to get off. Yeah. Well, and I course, think it can come either way. You thought, you think you thought that uh, Oklahoma and Texas could have gone either way. Oh yeah, I mean that's a that's a battle over there. That's a rivalry there. That game couldn't win either way. That wasn't going to be as you know as as an easy win at all. No. Yeah, I know my maybe, rivalry you know, maybe there. not. But no, we, I know, uh, you know, I know we also want to hear one. Yeah, but you know, you know, we also had another uh, another upset almost take place today with Syracuse almost knocking off Wake Forest. But they ended up losing in overtime uh, to Wake Forest, forty to thirty-seven. Syracuse, of course, was unranked, and Wake Forest uh, now 
I think they're now what six and zero, and they are. Now that's not now that's not a surprise team, because you know Wake Forest I normally associate with basketball, not football. Yeah. So, you know, this is, a, this is a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, there's you know there's quite a few surprise teams that are coming out uh, strong early on this season. Wake Forest, you know SMU they uh, they improved to six and zero. Uh, to start off the year, uh, Florida—they have sort of come back. I mean, they beat the shit out of Vanderbilt earlier today. Not, not, not oh, Vanderbilt like that's a surprise Vanderbilt, at all. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's a waste. Yeah, exactly. But like I, like I Vanderbilt's said, like, like that was any, like that was any surprise at all. Uh, well, please, Michigan State, be you know, Vanderbilt. You know, Michigan State—they're more known for their basketball, and yet. They're off to a uh, to a six and zero start this year. They're decent in football too. I mean, yeah, they're decent, but you know, usually we don't see them get off to an unbeaten record. Uh, like well, like we yeah, have true. So far this year. But I'm not. I'm not. And, I'm uh, not too surprised by that. No. SMU. SMU is, is uh, also a uh, decent. Uh, decent, really inconsistent year by year, but they're de- they're a decent football program. I'm, you know, it may sound surprising, but not not to not to me really. Now we also we also saw a very tight game earlier today between Ole Miss and Arkansas, with yes, uh, Arkansas yes. Arkansas Arkansas elected to go for the win instead of going for the tie and sending it into overtime. Uh, after Ole Miss put up uh, put up 52 points, however, Arkansas was not able to tie the game or to to go to get the win as they ended up missing the two point conversion. Now I want to I want to ask you about this loop. Well, because here's the thing: uh, they yeah. were having a hard time stopping Ole Miss on offense all year that or uh-huh. all game today and you know i i read a whole bunch of tweets that jim had retweeted on his twitter account and a lot of them supported the idea that you know they had gone for the win instead of going for the tie to force overtime because of the fact that uh you know i guess they didn't really have confidence in their defense today because of the fact that Ole Miss was basically carving up the defense like it was nothing. I mean, well, hell, but that kind of know, a score, the, the defense one of the throws. One of the throws, the last touchdown that Ole Miss had was a wide open look on the right side of the field, and they basically went the distance on that one pass. You know, it, it was so – the coverage was so wide open that it, I can kind of understand where Arkansas fans are coming from here because of the fact that, yeah. you know, they were having such a hard time stopping uh, Ole Miss's quarterback today. But it doesn't really help when when you're going for the win. And, honestly, the throw didn't really seem catchable because it was way too high. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, it's it was a great game. 
Uh, Arkansas, they fall to four and two. So they were 13th ranked right. coming into today. Uh, Ole Miss was 17th ranked. They improved to four and one. So there's probably going to be a, I'd say there, there's probably going to be a different look when it comes to the top 25 this week. Uh, in particular, Hold you know, there, there, was the, there was the possibility that um, obviously Georgia is idle next week. And they did beat, they did beat 18th-ranked Auburn earlier today. Uh, assuming yes. that this 24-10 to 10 score holds up, Lou, with Iowa dispatching Penn State earlier today, do you think there's the possibility that we could see Iowa ranked number one? Um, yeah, number one, number two. I mean, I don't, depending on Georgia, I know that you said, you know, because Georgia, you know, uh, won today, so – I don't know. I think Georgia might get number one. Yeah, I would kind of think. Two. I would kind of think that Georgia would 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 still be in the number one spot because of the amount yeah. of, because of the amount of ease that they've had in you know in uh in their whole entire schedule so far this season. I mean, if Alabama drops to Texas A yes. and M, who isn't ranked, I don't know how far they're going to drop. But uh, yeah, it's uh, let me just put it this way: it's not looking too good right now for Alabama at the half. No, and you know you kind of have to wonder last, maybe. I asked a question last week that with any of the top five teams, you know, like Georgia, Penn State, uh, Iowa, would they have a chance of being um, Alabama? Of course, they all said no. But uh, did anybody suspect well, that? Well, we maybe... said Georgia. We said yeah. Georgia. No, yeah, but another show. My my co-hosts all my co-hosts all think that I was being crazy, thinking that nah, it's not gonna happen. Bama's gonna go all the way. But did anybody think they're gonna lose against Texas A&M, who dropped out of the ranking last week? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I uh, I am completely stunned right now. The fact that A and M is basically sticking it to Alabama right now. You know, I think I took Texas A and M in this game. Uh, did you? Let me. I think I did. Let me. Let me look real quick, actually, because you're gonna think I'm crazy. Honestly, I, honestly, I don't even know if you. No, you didn't. You didn't put in a uh, a pick for this one. You uh, your three oh. pick for. Your three picks for college were Texas, uh, the Longhorns, which, of course, them blowing that game oh, well, I earlier on, today. I don't mean on this show, Steve. I meant from, from my show because we do predictions as well oh, for college. Okay. You know, yeah, so that's oh, what I meant. Okay. Yeah, so I think I did pick uh, Texas A&M to win this game. I started, like, you know, uh, to bounce back from the loss last week. So, uh, so far, I think I'm right. Yeah, so far, well, so good that? for you. You know, you're, yeah. you're you're looking you're looking real smart right now. Now uh, you just well, gotta hope that now, Alabama. People. You just gotta hope that Alabama doesn't wake up in the second half. Because if they yeah, wake up in the second half, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once uh, you know, once Nick Saban whips them into shape, 
You don't you don't yeah. really know how Alabama All right, Nikki, go ahead. How you don't know how Alabama's going to respond here in the second half. So, you know, uh, maybe perhaps maybe perhaps Alabama does uh does pursue a comeback here, but right, it's right. not looking too good. Uh right now, though, right now at the end of 3 uh at the end of three, Michigan, or no, not at the end of three. They're starting. Why did they? What ESPN scoreboard is all screwed up. They had them literally yeah. uh, at the end of the third quarter, but they're starting the second half right now. Uh, Michigan, they are up thirteen nothing over Nebraska uh, currently. Right. Virginia Tech, they still have the sixteen fourteen lead. Uh, Kentucky, they are cruising by LSU right now, 21-7, and it looks like they're threatening to score again here uh, as they're currently at the LSU 20-yard line. Uh, it's currently halftime wow. for Bama and uh, for Bama and Texas A&M. It is currently halftime with Texas A&M on top 24-10. Uh, San Diego State, they are currently up 7 nothing over New Mexico. Georgia over Auburn earlier today, 34-10. Uh, Iowa just barely edging out Penn State, 23-20. Like yeah. we talked about uh, just a little bit ago, Oklahoma over Texas, 55-48. Ohio State cruised over uh, Maryland, 66-17. Uh, BYU got upset by Boise State, like we mentioned. Uh, Michigan State over Rutgers. Ole Miss over Arkansas. Forest over Syracuse. Florida beating the shit out of Vanderbilt. Like, that was really much of a surprise. Uh, SMU. SMU over Navy, 31-24. Yeah, Navy. Uh, Some finals. Some finals from earlier in the week. We had Coastal Carolina with a 52-20 to 20 win over Arkansas State. Uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati stays unbeaten, 52-3 to three over Temple. Uh, and Arizona State, 28-10 to 10 over Stanford last night. And I believe I'm missing... Well, yeah, actually, I'm missing quite a few uh, scores here. Uh, this just went final. Uh, Buffalo uh, with a 38 to wait no that's the end of the third quarter what the I swear you know ESPN their their scoreboard is completely screwed up this should say the end of the third not end of the fourth yeah there's uh, they always do that though yeah it's weird but uh, Buffalo they kind of call that too. Kent State. 38-34, uh, TCU right now over Texas Tech, 45-24. Texas Tech, they're looking to fall potentially to 4-2 and two if they uh, if they can't come back here. Yeah. Uh, in a in a matchup of 4-0 and o versus 4-1, and one, Air Force over Wyoming right now, 21-14. And, oh, okay, here's one. Utah currently leads USC 21-10. At the half, uh, Memphis they currently trail Tulsa seven to nothing. Yes. Okay. And uh, you know what? Uh, one of the things that we talked about last week, and 
I figured we should bring this up again because, uh, you know, the big the big thing that everybody, the big matchup everybody was looking forward to last week was the Patriots yes. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tom Brady's return uh, to New England for the first time in two right. years. Now, I think it's safe to say that the problem with New England is not at the quarterback position. Yeah. Because Mac Jones, a lot of people would argue that Mac Jones may have potentially outperformed Brady last week. Yes. I, I would think that, you know, uh, Tampa won the game, but um, Jones was the, was more of the winner. I mean, Brady did have – Brady had a uh, – I wouldn't call it a solid night because he was struggling in the rain. Uh, he went a very uncharacteristic close to 50% completion uh, with 269 yards. He did not score a touchdown, and he did not throw a pick. Uh, the touchdown right. actually went to uh, – the touchdown went to Ronald Jones, and the rest were field goal attempts. Uh, for the Patriots, Mac Jones, he completed 31 of 40 attempts for 275 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, the pick, of course, I believe came from Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, but the two touchdowns, uh, there was one to Hunter Henry and one to Jonu Smith. I think yeah. we really saw... Mac Jones come out as an NFL starter this uh, this past week, even though the Patriots lost on a fifty six on a fifty six yard attempt in the rain by by a kicker who was injured. Right. Now I want to I want to get your thoughts, Luke, because this has been a highly talked about topic on Boston sports radio this week, which they would you, if you, uh, I believe it was 98 five that this was discussed. Uh, the I, most knew on the I, knew I knew it. Now the final, the final play came down to it's fourth and three. Uh, you know, new England is new England is, at least getting down towards the towards the field goal uh the field goal yeah. line you know where it would be comfortable for Nick Folk to kick a to kick a potential game winner they had close right. to a minute left on the clock they had i think it was two timeouts maybe uh fourth and yeah. 3 56 yards in the rain with an injured kicker in the rain even though his career high, I believe, was fifty-seven, do you okay. go? Do you go for? Do you go for the attempted field goal, or would you go for it on fourth down? How far did you get it from the first down? Though, when you're on the fourth down, how far are you? It, it, it was four. It was fourth and three. Go for it. Fourth and three. Go for it. Especially with Mac Jones, who had only missed nine passes all game. He was 31 of 40. I don't see, you know, I don't understand why they went for it. I mean, they they claimed that the numbers supported it, like the percentages. Like, uh, yeah. 
they had a higher percentage of potentially winning the game, like a 10% difference uh, right. if they decided to kick the field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth down. Right. But honestly, if you're – I mean, Mac's last pass was batted down by uh, by one of the defensive linemen. But if you're – you know, if, if you're having such – and I, I shouldn't say an easy time, but if you're not really having any problems going down the field, why don't you just trust the rookie? Well, how you know, confident are you in your rookie? You know, that's the thing. They, they've always, you know, that's everybody's, you know, everybody's big problem. How well do you trust your rookie kicker, your rookie quarterback, et cetera, et cetera? You know, a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, you know, they always have doubts about their rookies. You know, so that's, you know, that's the factor right there. And it's a proven fact. You know, how confident are your rookie kicker, your rookie quarterback, your rookie group, whatever the case may be? You know, it's, it's always it's always been a problem with that. I mean, you never want to expect a rookie player. But still, though, you know, this is a that's part of the growing pains that you're going to have to deal with with a rookie quarterback. You know, and he would learn from from the situation. You know, he still hasn't yes. been in a fourth down situation where the game is on the line. You know, where literally, if you complete this right. pass, we have a chance to win the game. If you don't complete this pass, it's game over. It's turnover on down. You'll be a hero or a goat. Yeah. You know, he literally, I think he could have potentially completed it, depending on what play uh, McDaniels gave him to run. I think it's possible that they could have gotten it completed, especially with Tampa uh, having an already depleted defense, and they had lost one of their one of their uh, top defensive players earlier in the mm-hmm. game. I mean, they were already thin as it was. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, they they ended up losing Carlton Davis. Uh, due to a quad injury, and it was a non-contact injury. And usually, when it's non-contact, that means they're they're sidelined for quite a bit. They're not coming. They're not coming back in that game. And non-contact most of the time means that it's an extended absence, or that the season's done for that certain player. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, there was he, – he was already playing against, a, you know, a shallow defense as it was in terms of depth that I just don't understand why they didn't give yeah. him the chance and go for it. Because I'm sorry, if you have a kicker who's dealing with a knee injury – and it was even pointed out on the broadcast by uh, Chris Collinsworth. As much as I hate listening to him talk, the right. thing that was pointed out, the thing that was pointed out to him was it looked like Nick Folk was having a hard time planting with his plant foot. Right, and that was because of the knee injury that he suffered in in a practice earlier in the week. I just don't understand. In what world do you have a kicker who's injured kick from 56 yards? Now, granted, 
keep in mind he did have the distance. He did have the distance on the kick. He almost made it. Uh, it just it ended up sailing left at the last second, but he almost made it. But still, I I just don't see the reasoning behind it, behind uh, having him going for the field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth down. No. And who knows? You know, maybe I maybe I never will. But you know, that's just that's just me. You know, I would have rather Yeah. When you have a kicker like Folk, I mean, granted I know he's been very reliable this season and actually last season he was very reliable. But at the same time, you got to keep in mind he doesn't really kick from far. I mean, he used to he used to be able to do it earlier in his career, but he hasn't yeah. been able to really kick from far uh, in recent years. So, you know, I, I really think that uh, that 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 one decision pretty much cost them the game. I think you're right. And by the way, uh, a little add-on to the Jacksonville story that we talked about earlier. Uh, Urban Meyer, he has a weekly radio show uh, on 1010XLAM. And during Uh. his weekly radio show, he said that the – he said, and I quote, the ownership of this team is with the players. As he went on a long fake spiel about earning the players' trust back following the viral videos after skipping the team flight and attempting to move forward with the locker room in unison. And he basically suggested that the 53-man roster that he single-handedly ignored and destroyed is to blame for Jacksonville's 0-4 start. Yeah. Now, you kind of have to wonder, if they lose a multi-score game to Tennessee Mm -hmm. tomorrow, that it's going to get potentially ugly. I think so. In Urban Meyer's case. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they they want to head. Go ahead. They want they want Myers' head right now. They really do. Oh, I'm sure they probably do, especially oh, considering yeah. knowing knowing the type of guy that they were getting from college, and knowing his uh, you know knowing knowing the yeah. resume that he has, and yet he just has not tra- has not translated to the pros whatsoever. You know, it doesn't stun me at all that uh, no that the fans basically want Myers head on a silver platter here. Now, uh, here's another thing that we got to talk about as well. And this, I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, uh, around this, but the new England Patriots earlier this week, they traded all pro cornerback Stefan Gilmore. Well, I, I'm sorry. First, it was announced that they were going to flat out release him from his contract without any compensation. Then it turned out that that was a ploy to get teams to bite, to 
try and take on mm. his money, to try and take on his contract. Uh, the Panthers were the ones to bite as they acquired uh, Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots in exchange for a sixth round pick in not this year's, but next year's draft. And I mean, it, it's a great move for Carolina. You know, they get yeah. uh, the twenty, they get the twenty nineteen Defensive Player of the Year for dirt cheap. Because let's face it, sixth round pick. I mean, granted, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, but it's not often that you find sixth round picks that are going to uh, that are going to actually translate to anything in the NFL. No. Uh, so obviously, Gilmore he remains on the reserve, uh, physically unable to perform list, so he'll have to miss another two games. Uh, but this puts the Panthers in quite potentially make a run at the playoffs. Because they just brought in C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars last week, uh, their 2020 first-round pick, C.J. Henderson. Uh, and now they, all, they also have A.J. Boye and they have Rashawn Melvin, as well as fourth-year starter Dante Jackson. Now you're going to add Gilmore to that cornerback room? If Gilmore can play, if he can show that he is fully healthy – I mean, this is an absolute steal for Carolina for a guy who the Patriots could have had a the Patriots could have could have gotten a second round pick for last year if they decided to trade him at the deadline. But instead, I I would have to assume that this the reason why it's a sixth round pick is because of concerns about his uh, about his health. But I mean, yeah. how in the hell, Lou, are you going to take a sixth round pick? for a guy who was an all-pro. I don't know if you can't. I mean, you know, just no. Tell me how the hell that makes any sense whatsoever. I don't think it does. It's just kind of, it sounds kind of weird. I mean, to me, it kind of screams like, okay, you're basically doing this as a salary dump and that you'll basically right. take whatever – You'll basically take whatever teams want to give you in order to because he was he was uh, going to count for I think it was seven million against the salary uh, against the cap this year. Now obviously, yeah. instead of releasing him, instead of releasing him, they now send the contract over to the to the Panthers, so they don't re- they don't really have to they don't have to pay Gilmore anymore because all the responsibility now goes over to the Panthers. But you know, with Carolina starting out three and one this year, I mean, it looks very obvious right now that they're going for it. You know, they're going all in yeah. with this current group that they have, and it's so damn weird to see Sam Darnold on a winning team right now. It makes Doesn't me it? sick, to be honest. It makes me sick. I mean, obviously, their only competition in the NFC South is the is the the Buccaneers currently. Assuming that right. the Panthers continue, uh, if they continue on the uh, on the path they're going down right now, though it might be a little hard with no Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be potentially out uh, for an extended period. You know, it may be it may be tough on them. 
without without Christian McCaffrey. And obviously, Tampa Bay, it's going to be easy for them this week. They're not going to have uh, – or, I mean, they're going to be facing uh, the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, it's not really uh, – it's not really going to be much of a uh, – <laughs> You know, much of a much of a competition for uh, for no, Tampa but Bay the thing at least. Is this, no, but the thing I'm trying to tell you is, this is like, well, you know, I mean, Donald couldn't do jack shit, you know, while he was on the Jets. Now all of a sudden, he's you know, he's on his new teammate. He's having the he's having a career seat. I mean, really, I mean, is it like did Donald did not just want to play for the Jets and you know just uh, intentionally? And now all of a sudden he's on a winning team. I mean, really. Something does not make sense. Or was it just the Jets? Maybe. Well, the coaching wasn't that much of a help either. True. I mean, you had a guy. You had a guy who looked like he was seeing, uh, who looked like he was seeing donuts in the sky. At, literally at his like? first uh, at his first press conference, you know, with the way his eyes were moving was? all around. I mean the way the way his eyes were moving all around, uh, yeah, you know, waiting for waiting for questions. It literally looked like he had just snorted a line of coke before getting out there, or he took, uh, or he took something, or he had to have taken something. You know, Adam Gates wait, wait. back then, possibly that too. Yes, there's a lot of that going around lately. No, it does say that. Uh, you know, McCaffrey is doubtful for tomorrow's game yeah. against the Eagles, but then again, it's against the Eagles, so it's possible that right that Carolina Carolina may not even need uh, McCaffrey with how the Eagles have played this year so far. Speaking uh, of McCaffrey's, but, uh, you heard about what happened with uh, another McCaffrey, which happens to be related. Uh, he's the assistant coach. Uh, I think it's for Colorado State, and he did. The ultimate blunder. I have not actually. He got pissed off because he was losing badly to a schmuck team, and he got so pissed off he threw his clipboard, and it hit somebody in the and it hit some uh, hit hit a fan of the opposing team. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. No 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 no. You cannot do that. The kid that got hit. The kid that got hit, you know what he said? I'll keep it as a souvenir. So I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what? Well, how? I don't blame him. I mean, it's, it is it is technically a souvenir, I guess. But you got hit with it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me, Bama? What no, the I'm fuck not. are you doing? No. 40 to Bryce, 7. Punted it right now to start oh. off the to start off the second half. Okay, it's I, I'm telling you, you know, if you could almost wonder if Texas A&M scores on this next possession, if they go down the field for a touchdown and make it 31-10, you kind of have to wonder if maybe per, maybe perhaps uh, you know it's just not. It's just not working for Alabama tonight. Nope. Everybody was thinking Alabama's going to win. They're going to run the table. 
Maybe not. Maybe not, exactly. Because the story of the game right now is that Alabama's offensive line just cannot handle the variety of pressures uh, that Texas A&M is throwing upon it. Yeah. That's the big thing so far. To my co-host, Steve Davidson, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah, so it's it's it really is uh it really is looking like right now that unless unless uh a couple of things go Alabama's way, it's looking like their first loss of the year here. What a thought. And also a reminder, uh tomorrow's first NFL game will be of course in London, uh and it is at yep. nine thirty. Uh the New York yeah. Jets. The New York Jets, they take on the Atlanta Falcons in London. God, you know, I feel so bad for London that they just get the worst possible matchups. Yeah, but... It's weird. The schedule was the schedule was out first before, you know, the, before the records were showing up. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They yeah. obviously... Schedule's out before before the season even yeah. starts. But you know, you kind you kind of feel bad because uh, you know it, you're trying to sell the game of football to uh, to British people, and it's right. not really working the way you want it to. <laughs> no. Hi, right, Joe. You're gonna give us this matchup. We want a good matchup. We got these scrubs. No, that's not pretty good. Yeah, uh, but the way the way that the uh, for this? the way that the NFL currently looks Pretty right good. now, uh, NFC the NFC West, we got a close uh, a close race between the Cardinals and the Rams. That's division, and you know, you know, this is kind of a, this is kind of going back uh, going back to what I said about Sam Darnold that maybe you know maybe the problem was the Jets all along and it wasn't Sam Darnold. Yeah. It's kind of the same it's kind of the same thing here with Matt Stafford. Maybe the problem wasn't Matt Stafford all along. Maybe it was the De- the Detroit Lions. Now that's an even bigger joke than the Jets. Cuz think about it. You know, you you send you, you make a yeah. a one for one swap along with draft picks as well. But you make a one-for-one yes. one swap, Jared Goff for Matt Stafford. I mean, I understand from L.A.'s point of view. But from Detroit's point of view, what the fuck are you guys thinking? They weren't thinking. That's the thing. They weren't thinking. You know, Stafford, I mean, as far as from a fantasy football perspective, Stafford is one of the quarterbacks that I would probably always take in fantasy football. He puts yeah. up numbers. It's not his fault yeah. that you guys can't field you guys can't field a good enough defense. I mean now, you put him in LA. Go joking to the Jets. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you put him in LA with a competent coaching staff and a competent front office and look at where right. they are. <laughs> They're thick in the race right now in the NFC West. That's division of football. Niners, you know, Niners are 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 at two and two. 
They're going to have a problem probably with uh, Trey Lance now taking the reins for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, they were having a problem with Garoppolo anyways, even when he was healthy. Uh, But they're going to, they're going to have an even bigger problem now, you know, with, uh, with Trey Lance. They haven't really given Lance a whole lot of room to actively compete, you know, actually, to actually compete oh in games. Oh, my God. They just... Did they just Alabama give up another? Blew it. It fumbled in it. Just... No, Alabama actually scored it. So it's uh, not over yet. Oh, so they did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Now it's going to now it's gonna start soon, to get everybody. interesting. Now it's going to start to get interesting. Yep. We spoke too soon again. Uh, this one just went final, actually. It is yeah, yeah. UTEP, UTEP over Southern Missouri. Uh, or not? Or is it Southern Mississippi? Uh, I think it's Southern it is, Miss. Yeah, it's Southern Miss. Uh 26 to 13 win for UTEP that has just gone final and wow. Yeah. Alabama, man, if they, if they start the comeback, you know, this, uh, we talked about Texas blowing a huge lead. Uh, This might be potentially bigger. Yeah, but not a surprise. No, but still, this might be potentially bigger, though, if uh, yeah. if A&M somehow blows this lead to Alabama, who very rarely loses if they do at all. Oh, yeah. uh, you knew Nick was going to give my pep talk at halftime. Boys, what's going on? Your defense sucks. This is not this is not the team I raised here. What the hell's going on? Yeah. So I guess it's pep talk and like you know. Sometimes a good pep talk in the locker room is all it takes. That's true. If we don't, I mean, we're we've seen, kick we've all seen your plenty. Asses. We've seen plenty of comebacks uh, take place uh, after uh, after halftime. So, yes, yeah, never really. It's never really over until that until that last minute ticks down. But uh, it was. But uh, you know, going back to the NFL. You know, the Niners, they have Trey Lance. The Seattle Seahawks, though, man, oh, man, are they in a world of hurt. Because, I mean, it's it's one thing for the the Niners to be without Garoppolo for a couple of weeks, but the Seahawks, they're already banged up as it is. Now they're going to be without Russell Wilson for potentially – up to six to eight weeks. Yeah, I heard. After after undergoing surgery on a torn tendon in his finger. Basically, worst case scenario, uh, originally they thought it was a strain. Turns out it was a full tear. So he's out six to eight weeks, potentially six to eight weeks, but it's going to be at least a month that he is right. going to be out. And according to Ian Rappaport, uh, he's reporting from NFL Network that his that Wilson's finger surgery was more complicated than expected, 
as he had not just a fracture but also a dislocation of his injured finger in addition to a That's torn a tendon. Now, Rappaport, one thing, but dislocation is another. Yeah, and and he had both. Mm. As well as a torn tendon. So now, uh, Rappaport puts the timetable at six weeks for a recovery, uh, though Wilson, who is a quick healer, does have a chance to be back sooner. Uh, they're looking at a minimum, they say, of four weeks, but it could go as high as eight weeks. And there's the potential that he could return after their week nine bye week that they have. Uh, until then, they will have Geno Smith. You want to talk about former yeah. Jets? They have yeah. Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. I mean, you know what a comeback that would be, Lou, if yeah. uh, Geno Smith somehow can prove that he can be a bona fide NFL starter once again. Uh-huh. And actually and actually do something. Now I'm not I'm not saying, you know, he's gonna go on and and win every single game for the Seahawks until Wilson gets back. But if he can prove that he can still be he can be a bona fide starter in the league once again. I think you're probably going to have a few teams that are interested. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, as far this this is a huge loss for the uh, for the Seattle Seahawks because it's one thing yes, yes. it's one thing if you're the Forty ers to lose Garoppolo. It's another thing if you're the Seahawks to lose somebody like Wilson, who is miles apart from, from Garoppolo. Yeah. Now, the NFC North, uh, the Packers. Garoppolo. Yeah. Now, the NFC North, the Packers, they lead the way, 3-1. and one. Uh, The Bears, they're at 2-2. Two and two. Obviously, uh, Andy Dalton, he has been benched, or he's injured, but he's also been kind of benched as well. So the starter in Chicago is now Justin Fields for the for the time being. Uh, the Vikings, they're basically, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. That's all you got to really say about that. Uh, right. And the Lions, the Lions, they're headed towards Jacksonville territory at this point. Um, the Buccaneers and the Panthers, they are tied for the NFC South currently. Uh, with the Buccaneers, based off of tiebreaker, uh, currently hold the top of the NFC South, despite having the same record. The Saints, it looks like Jameis Winston is reverting back to his old form. So, yeah, have fun with that, New Orleans. Uh, Your Cowboys. Ooh, now that's uh, that's exactly what Texas – that's exactly the type of answer that Texas A&M needed. And they got it. And that, that, that pretty much takes any momentum that Alabama was building, that pretty much takes all of that momentum out. It's not sweet home for Alabama this time. Yeah, my boys are doing great. I mean, with Prescott back in his game, I mean, this is, I mean, this is you know, 
something that I don't think anybody really expected. I mean, look at how many yards he's had in the, in the first uh, four games already. Well, three games out of the four. He was out one week. Yeah. But, you know, the, you know this, this just proves what, you know, ju- just exactly how how big of an impact that the loss of Dak Prescott has on the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, so you, you just, you just have to hope to God that, that uh, Prescott can stay healthy because if he stays healthy, the Cowboys are a completely different team. There's no time under center. Exactly. Now, I mean, their quarterback, their quarterback uh, depth is even worse than it has been in recent memory. So, right. if they lose Dak this year, you can almost count the Cowboys out for the entire rest of the season, despite regardless of whatever their record is, because they almost have practically no depth behind Dak Prescott. No. I mean, yeah, they got Will Greer, but Greer didn't even really do anything uh, during his time in Carolina. So who's going to say that? Who's to say that he would even do anything in a potential injury situation uh, out there in Dallas? Now over to the AFC, uh, Tennessee. They currently lead the AFC South. Not much of a shock there. Uh, expect Tennessee to probably be uh, the winner coming out of the South. Uh, the AFC East, right now, it looks like the Buffalo Bills are running away with it, and I would probably expect them to do so. I'm not really expecting New England to contend for the, for the AFC East. I only expect no, them no, to no. contend for the wild card, basically. And I even think then, we see the end tough. of the dynasty run with New England now. I mean, probably, you know, it's to be expected, you know, a lot of their, obviously Brady left and a lot of their, a lot of their experienced players are getting older. So, you know, they, they just lost James White, one of their top running backs in recent years to a, to a hip injury. So, you know, now comes the time. Uh, for a rebuild, basically. And uh, unfortunately, New England fans, you know, they're just going to have to, uh, they're just going to have to suffer through it. And, you know, you kind of have to wonder how much longer Belichick is going to stick, is going to stick in the current role that he's in. I mean, I understand, you know, he's a, uh, I understand, you know, he's not just the head coach. He's also the general manager, uh, but double trouble, you know, you almost, you almost wonder with how they've been, it it, it seemed like that they had been grooming uh, Josh McDaniels for a, to take over for Belichick once Belichick decides to retire but you kind of almost have to wonder yeah. just how much, how many more years Belichick is going to want to deal with this if he's going to, if he's going to have to go through right. a rebuilding process. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think you want to stick around for that that long. No, I wouldn't think so either. I would say if we're going through a rebuild, he has maybe one, two more years, possibly. One. I wouldn't give him two. You wouldn't. No. Now, over to the AFC North, uh, we have a three-way tie right now for first place. We got the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns all at three and one, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are at one and three. At the same time, we have a three-way tie in the AFC West with the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos all at three and one. Yeah. And the Chiefs at two and two. I mean, it just seems so weird, Lou. It uh, it almost seems we're living in a bizarro world right now for, for and everything is backwards? Yeah, where everything is backwards, exactly. Everything is backwards. You know, last last year the Steelers were one of the top AFC teams. This year they're they're almost close to the bottom. It's like a complete flip took place. I just don't understand yeah, it, but I, I go with that too. Yeah, I I, I don't really understand uh, how it could shift that quick. Wow, really, Bryce? A loss of sixteen yards. A loss of 16 yards for a pass completion. So I don't. I, I granted I'm a little behind here, but it's third and 26 right now at Alabama's 33. Oh, now it's it's third, second and, and seven. third and 27. Or okay, it's third and 27, not third and 26. Oh wow! Just wow! I. You know, it's almost as if, Lou, that the, you know, that there's a, uh, that the football gods are speaking tonight. Uh, no, because Alabama just scored a touchdown. Well, then I just, uh, you know, I basically, uh, basically, I, I think I should probably shut up about this, uh, about this right now then. I can be forced to shut up but uh, anyways, you know what, Lou? Let's talk about uh, the MLB playoffs because yes. we are – I mean, I just – I got to talk about the Yankees-Red Sox game first uh-huh. because one of the biggest – well, for, first off, I got to talk about John, uh, John Sterling. He uh, – right as soon as Giancarlo Stanton in the first inning – had that huge towering hit that almost looked like it was going to be a it, it, it looked like it was going to clear it was going to clear the monster, and it only yes. was basically a loud single because Stanton apparently took a whole bunch of time admiring his handiwork, thinking it was automatically gone, not knowing that it was going to drop, and. Yeah. It only hit off the monster for a loud single. And Sterling was kind of shocked. He was like, 
wait, wait, what, what, what happened? <laughs> like, he's like, did I see something wrong here? And I forget yeah, who was doing the game with him, but I was almost, I, I forget who was in the game with him, but, uh, but she even agreed with him saying that it was surely, I could have sworn I had seen him hit a homer. Or I could have sworn I had seen him hit a home run. Was it Sue Waltman? It probably was. Oh, that whack job, please. She's even a real Yankee fan. She's a Red Sox fan. I mean, I... I thought... At that point, you know, you had Yankee fans going, John, retire, please. Yeah. Just please retire. years old. Yeah. It, at some point, you know, you just you, you gotta just gotta go. you just gotta know gotta know when to hang it up, basically. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there was that. Then there was later on in the game where I don't know why, but Phil Nevin decided to send home Aaron Judge. On, I think it was, uh, was it a single or was it a double that he decided to send Judge home on a... Uh, I think it was a single. On a hit. And he got thrown out by a mile at the plate. Yeah. Not a very smart move at all. And, and actually, this goes down in the record books, too. It's the first... Aaron Judge becomes the first ever Yankee player to be thrown out on uh, to be thrown out at home on a base hit in Yankee postseason history. Yeah, a very dubious distinction. But it wasn't a good it wasn't a good night for Yankee fans. It wasn't a good night for the Yankees overall. No, uh, no. The Yankees ended up dropping the wild card game, and you know you almost have to wonder. This this was actually uh, this was brought up as a possibility. Uh, first off, Garrett Cole he ended up getting the quick hook. He got uh, the hook in what the third inning, I think. Yes, yes. So uh, you almost have to wonder: could heads potentially roll because of this early exit? Do you think, oh, Lou, you that you're it. looking at – do you think we're looking at a potential removal of Aaron Boone, maybe a whole clearing out of the entire coaching staff? It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. I really think that, you know, we've seen the last of Boone in a in – a, as Yankee manager. I mean, he hasn't taken beyond, you know, getting even past the uh, league championship in his four years. Though he has taken a place every year, but – Yankee management yeah, doesn't go for that. They want World Series or bust, and he's not doing it. I wasn't so sure if he was the right man for the job anyway going into it, but uh, we see the last of him. Yeah, and and you know the thing is too. This year, it really looked like they had they had the team to go all the way. You know, they they acquired Anthony Rizzo, they acquired Joey Gallo. At the deadline, the Yankees made moves with the World Series in mind. They made improvements. 
but there was still that very questionable decision-making by Aaron Boone that really stuck out amongst all of the Yankee games following the deadline. I mean, yeah, they went on a huge run in terms of a winning streak, but after that, it basically this shouldn't have come down to a last day thing. Yeah, that they needed a win on the final day of the season in order to make the in order to make the playoffs. This shouldn't have come down to that. They should have been locked in with the way that they were playing uh, at around the deadline. They should have been locked in into a play into a at least a wild card spot, not having to worry about potentially missing the playoffs. I have a feeling, Lou. This is this is just me. Uh, but I agree with you, and I have a I have a feeling, uh, you know, we may have seen the last of Aaron Boone uh, as Yankee manager. Yeah. And also, I will say it doesn't help either that they lost DJ LeMayhew uh, earlier in no. the week. Either so, I think that also had a uh, that also had a little part to play uh, with the. With the Yankees missing out uh, and lo- and losing to the Red Sox in the wild card game, right. but you know I think there's definitely changes that are going to be made. Um, we do oh, have uh, we do have obviously the uh, currently the playoffs are ongoing. We have if I can bring up the. They don't have the brackets up for some reason. Okay. But uh, we do have the currently two games uh, or one game is currently ongoing. Uh, a game that that was earlier today, the Atlanta Braves, they took game two over the Milwaukee Brewers, three to nothing to tie the yep. series up at one apiece. Uh, the Dodgers, they currently lead the Giants two to one in the bottom of the fourth, but the Gi- the Giants are threatening. Uh, in the bottom of the fourth here. The Giants currently lead their series one game to nothing. Uh, Last night, we had two – actually, no, we had four games. Wait, no. Yeah, we had four games take place. Uh, In particular, the Boston Red Sox, they rebounded from a game one loss uh, to defeat the Tampa Bay Rays 14-6 to to tie the series up at one game apiece. And the Houston Astros beat the Chicago White Sox nine to four uh, after it was tied four to four going into the seventh inning. Uh, with Houston taking a two nothing lead uh, against Chicago, they can wrap it up tomorrow night uh, potentially if they beat the White Sox in Chicago. So that's going to be a game to watch. Uh, actually, let's see. Yeah, the the Rays and Red Sox, they play game three at Fenway tomorrow at 4.07. And it's, you know, I, I, I just, I got to say, Lou, I am kind of shocked right now that uh, with the way that, just with the way that the postseason began for the Red Sox, uh, with game yeah. one against Tampa, and I mean it just looked disastrous 
almost for the Red Sox. I was I was anticipating after how they were manhandled by Tampa in Game One, uh, McClanahan he pitched a pretty a pretty good outing uh, for the Rays. But I was almost expecting that we were probably gonna gonna see a three, uh, you know, a three o a three o sweep for the uh, yeah. for the Tampa Bay Rays. So I was kind of surprised that. Now w- wait a minute, it's it is a best of five, right, for the for the divisional series. Yes. Okay, I thought so. I thought I thought I thought it was because uh, I, I know the wild card used to be a best of three, uh, then the divisional series was a best of five, and then it became a best of seven uh, once you got to the ALCS and NLCS. Okay, so it, it is still that then. Uh, so yes. you know, I really thought that Tampa Bay was going to sweep Boston in three, considering the fact that Boston didn't have JD Martinez and. Uh, I mean, just quite frankly, they just didn't show up. It seemed to uh, to game no. one. But even though Chris Sale got hammered with a grand slam in the first inning uh, last night, I was really surprised to see Boston rally around like uh, to see them rally like they did, and they ended up coming back and uh, pretty much limiting Tampa to only two more runs the entire rest of the way. Yeah. Now, uh, Houston against the White Sox. I mean, there was only so far that the, there was only so far that the that the White Sox uh, pitching would take them, and yes. they're running into a buzzsaw right now. That is the Houston Astros offense. So, you know, it's I'm thinking we're prob. I think Houston probably closes it out tomorrow. Uh, San Francisco and L.A. It does, yeah. But San Francisco and L.A., this is what, you know, this is what pisses me off about the wild card. I was just going to say that. If you have a team like L.A. who won how many games? Over 100 games? 107 and 106. 107 or 106 and... They're the winner of the wild card, and now they have to face another hundred win team in the first round. Right. Yeah, I know. I was asking earlier, should it be a realignment? But the majority of the crowd said no. Honestly, I think I think it should. I think you know yes. what you know how they do it with the. Uh, how they do it with uh, the tiebreaker for the wild card where teams got to choose who they would want to face. If, say, there was a four-way tie for the wild card, the Yankees, they wanted to face Boston. If it ended up being a four-way tie, they they wanted to face Boston for the opportunity to then face the winner of Toronto and, and Seattle. I honestly think that it should be if you get the number one seed overall in the National League or the American League, you should have the option to choose who you want to face off against in the first round. Yeah. But the fact that – I mean, it's just just a shame that we have two 
100-plus win teams facing off against each other here in the first round. When this should be a, this should be an NLCS matchup, not an NLDS matchup. I was saying that tonight, yes. I mean, wh- what are your thoughts, Lou? Because it just seems so ridiculous to me that this yeah, is how... I was saying that tonight. You know, Atlanta got in because they're part of a pathetic division again. I mean, the NL least did it again. You know, they were the only team that was even worse than in contention since they had a winning record. And they got the division. Why you got the Giants and Dodgers who do twice as better. And one is going to the wild card and one is going to be out. They really need to realign the uh, for the playoff structure because this is this is an injustice. It really is. Yeah. You know, it just it, it just literally it doesn't make sense no. why it's lined up the way that it is. I mean, I understand the wild card is technically considered the lowest seed, but at the same time, right. you know, you potentially have a matchup like this where you where you have two dominant teams in the same division. And obviously both teams can't win the division. One has to win the division and one has to be the wild card. So, yeah, you know, it just, and obviously there's no way that they can realign themselves so that they're in different divisions because both of them are in California. So there's not really any way that they can move on from the NL West, either one of them. I don't know. I think they gotta they gotta do something. Either they have, you know, maybe allow maybe allow the team to whoever wins the first seed in their conference or yeah in their conference to choose who they want to face off against in the first round. But I mean, it's I just I honestly think that baseball fans are being robbed here of a oh, potential absolutely. huge matchup. A potential huge matchup that in an NLCS could very possibly go seven games. Yes. And, uh, you know, on, honestly, I really do feel that, uh, you know, normally I would say that L.A. would come back here, but I don't know. There's something, something just seems really weird about, this year's uh, Giants team. You ain't kidding. For them to all of a su- for them to all of a sudden break out like they have and have such a have such a huge year after numerous down years. It just kind of really seems to me like this is going to be the, the they have the potential to go all the way this year. They do, no question about it. Uh. The Braves and the and the Brewers, you know, it this series could really go either way. I mean, both both teams are very uh, very versatile and very, um, you know, they can they've dealt with multiple setbacks this year. So this series could really go either way. I honestly, I don't even know who I'd have taken this series. Um. Going back to Boston and Tampa Bay, 
you know, I originally, like I said, after game one, I thought Tampa was going to take the series three, three to nothing. But now that Boston has evened it up, and assuming they didn't blow yeah. their entire offense last night, considering they have Nate Eovaldi going in game three tomorrow with how hot he was against the Yankees, assuming he continues the, the rate of, of postseason play that he uh, – because keep in mind, Nate Eovaldi a couple of years ago, he was huge for the Red Sox in, in the postseason when it came in particular – to uh, the ALCS as well as the uh, as well as the World Series, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility if we don't see another huge performance from him tomorrow against the Rays. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so I think the biggest problem that the Rays have is the fact that they don't really have – I mean, they have a starting rotation, but, you know, their ace is, is out for the year. He's on injured reserve, uh, Tyler Glass now. Uh, a lot of their veterans have been more on – you know, they've been more in the bullpen as opposed to – actually in the rotation. So they're dealing with a lot of inexperienced rookies who have never played in the playoffs this year or, right. uh, you know, for their, for, for their rotation this year. So I think obviously the Red Sox, they have the edge there when it comes to starting pitching. The only thing is, yes. can their, can their offense, show up on a consistent basis like can we get another night like we did last night if 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 they can then i think that boston could potentially win this series yeah because tampa is gonna tampa is gonna score runs the only thing is can boston match tampa that's that's a difficult question yeah Because if they can't, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a hard time if they're if they're gonna expect to uh, to stay in the uh, to stay in the race here in the ALDS, and also the Tampa Bay Rays, according to Ken Rosenthal, they may be without one of their top relievers, Matt Weisler, who re-aggravated a right middle finger injury uh, in last night's yeah. loss to the Red Sox. Uh, it says here that the Rays might be forced to make a roster move to replace him ahead of tomorrow's matchup. Uh, and it's it would be a huge loss for their bullpen because he emerged as a key component of their bullpen but missed time back in mid-August due to a, a right finger inflammation, the same exact finger uh, that he is dealing with here. So it sounds like the Rays may be forced to replace him. Uh, we could probably, we will probably know as early as maybe, maybe midnight tonight, actually. That's soon, huh? Probably with the game being at four tomorrow. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. New York, uh, 
the Yankees, uh, their outfield, one of their outfielders, Ryan Lamar, he decided to elect free agency after refusing an outright minor league assignment. So he will search for a new opportunity this offseason. Uh, he only played in nine games this year for the Yankees, hitting 190 with two homers and one stolen base across 24 plate appearances this season for the Yankees. Uh, Let's see. The Pirates have fired third base coach Joey Cora, uh, the older brother Uh of Red Sox manager Alex Cora. He had been with the Pirates for the last five seasons since 2017, and he's the latest longtime assistant to be let go as the the Pirates transition into an extensive rebuild under their current general manager, Ben Charrington. Now, I know that uh, Alex tried to get Joey to join him uh, potentially when when Cora came to Boston. Maybe perhaps that could potentially happen now. Maybe. Uh, By the way, Lou, don't look now, but Alabama has pulled to within four points. I know. Thirty-one twenty-seven. Why am I not surprised? Uh, let's let's see. Uh, according to the Athletic, the Chicago Cubs they are expected to name a new general manager soon, possibly before the conclusion of the divisional round. Uh, among the final candidates are Carlos Rodriguez from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Jeremy Zoll from the Minnesota Twins, Carter Hawkins from the Cleveland Indians, as well as James Harris, also from the Cleveland Indians, uh, are among the final candidates for consideration under the role of uh, as general manager. And... They obviously will be tasked have the monumental task of rebuilding uh, this Cubs roster that only won a World Series not too long ago. Yeah. All right. Let's see uh, some NBA news. Jalen Brown. Uh, he was listed as out for tonight's game against the Raptors, which, by the way, the Boston Celtics did beat the Toronto Raptors 113-111. to 111. Yeah. Granted, it's preseason. It, it, granted, it is preseason, but it is something to keep an eye on because you get to see how teams are, uh, are going to function potentially this year. Uh, the New York Knicks, they had a 117 to 99 victory over the Washington the victory, Wizards. Victory, victory. And uh, the Atlanta Hawks Ooh. with a 91 to 87 victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. But Jalen Brown, uh, he is out with COVID. As mm. he tested positive earlier this week, he is currently in the league's health and safety protocols. Uh, which means he is likely done for the preseason, and it is now unclear if he will be ready for opening night on Wednesday, October 20th. As it Probably now, not. The timetable uh, hinges on his vaccination status, from what it sounds like. And speaking of people uh, and vaccination statuses, uh, the NBA's latest diva, Kyrie Irving, 
he has officially been cleared to practice on Brooklyn's home court, according to Shams Sharania of The Athletic, as New York City has determined that the Brooklyn Nets practice facility, the the HSS training center, is a private office building, and it gives him the all-clear to practice. However, the clearance, though, does not extend to the Barclays Center. So he is still uh, he is still ineligible for home games until he fulfills the vaccine requirement. Yeah, maybe uh, talk to Drake about it. Oh boy. And by the by the way, we you know we talked about this last week. Uh, Andrew Wiggins did get the vaccine, so he yes. is officially he is officially available to uh, to start in the home opener for the, uh, the Golden State people. Warriors. I mean, it's not that tough of a, it's not that tough of a decision. You're getting paid no. all this, especially especially if you're especially if you're a uh, if you're a pro uh, a pro basketball star like Kyrie Irving, you're getting yes. paid all this money. You're getting paid all this money to play. You're not getting paid all this money to you know to bitch and complain and to be right. basically a fucking diva like he has been the past couple of years. Right, not just you, but fucking. Wow. All you got to do is just yeah. do what just do what the NFL wa- or or what the NBA wants you to do. Yes. Or to put it bluntly like this, don't be a pussy. Yeah, exactly. Cuz that's exactly what you're being. But then again, he is a diva and you know that's what makes you, you know, that's what makes you being a pussy. So, Gary Anderson from the from the ultimate diva of all, you know Dennis Rodman because he was the biggest diva in the NBA. Duh. Yeah, and obviously that's the one thing that you know uh, that if anything it causes a big distraction for your team. The longer that you continue sure. to act the way that he's acting, so. But, you know, there's still, obviously, uh, considering the, considering there's a certain time frame, uh, he obviously won't be able to play uh, in the home opener. Yeah. And you, you know, you almost have to wonder how much longer is Brooklyn going to put up with this? Not much. Because it almost seems like he becomes it's a very prop, thin line, you know, Steve. You know he he was a problem in so many in so many teams. He's he he was a problem with Cleveland. Uh, well, later on in his in his uh, career, that is with Cleveland. Uh, he was a problem in Boston, and now he's going to be a problem, or he's starting to be a problem, I should say, with Brooklyn. At some point, maybe you kind of have to wonder. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe none of my team, maybe none of the teams I've played for are the problem. Maybe it's just me. It's you. But But you're too much of an idiot to admit it, so that's what happened. Yeah. Anyways, JB, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, Uh, Jimmy. we We have officially added you on here. Okay. Good evening. 
Um, we've been uh, we've been discussing quite a uh, quite a whole bunch of topics here. Hopefully, by the way, hopefully my phone keeps me connected and I don't get disconnected uh, like I did me. close to the close to the overtime. Uh, you know, J- JB. Uh, not a lot of people uh, knew about this, but I I, I almost got uh, you know the Survivor show almost didn't go into the third hour because I was having problems trying to reconnect onto the uh, onto the podcast okay. on Thursday night because wow. Blog Talk because Blog Talk for some reason decided to you know for some for some reason I got disconnected. And I was trying to call back in, and Blog Talk like literally was not connecting me whatsoever. It was one of them uh, situations uh, that happened like about a couple months ago. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it happened on multiple occasions actually, because I remember uh, okay, me, yeah. you, and Jim were on the uh, were on. Uh, I think it was a Friday night show. And we were having problems just trying to. It was one of the, it was one of those late at night shows, wasn't it? Okay, okay. I think. I. Now I can't remember. But anyways, well, it, it happened uh, here too. You know, I, yeah, it also it also happened here as well. Um, that there's been uh, there has been there has been problems before where I've actually had to play music uh, while I try to while I try to reconnect myself uh, in the middle of the yeah. podcast here, and yeah, it's just hopefully hopefully it it uh, it stays up here for the full for the full hour uh, the full extra hour here. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Uh, one of the topics that I wanted to bring up tonight as well, obviously there is a huge boxing fight uh, live on pay-per-view tonight. Uh, the trilogy fight, the trilogy fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, currently, currently I believe – uh, obviously, it, it looks like it's Tyson Fury's titles that will be on the line uh, yeah. tonight. And currently, the it's one zero and one. The uh, record is for Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, with their first matchup being a split draw, and right. the second matchup. The second matchup, uh, Tyson Fury knocked out uh, Deontay Wilder in the seventh round. And Fury has gone even further to say, I'll knock you out in the third this time. And, (laughs) I mean, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of shit talk going on between these two uh, in the lead up to, uh, to this trilogy fight. And what's expected to, to go down, actually, as uh, one of the many trilogies that have taken place in the sport of boxing, uh, in boxing's history. But uh, right now, it looks like all the betting money is being placed on Tyson Fury tonight. Oh, it to, is. Uh, 85%. To, 
Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I thought it was around eighty five to eighty nine percent or something like that. Yep. Um Deontay Wilder. And honestly, you know, I I kind I kind of agree. I don't see how Wilder is gonna be able to beat Fury when when Fury seems even though he had that extended layoff like he did from twenty fifteen after defe- after defeating Vladimir Klitschko, uh you know, he had that extended layoff from twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen. He seemingly has improved drastically with each and every fight that he's had, in between each and every fight. And considering he already knows how Wilder uh how Wilder is gonna approach him, I just I don't see how Wilder takes the win here tonight. I just don't. I mean, what what are your thoughts first, Lou, on the on this fight? Is there do you think that Wilder can uh can take the rematch, can take the uh the ru- the rubber match here? No, I don't think so. I think this is I think this is Fury's fight all the way. I mean, I would be very I surprised really- considering they had just they just met up uh in February of 2020. Right. That's how I thought. What are your too. thoughts, JB? What are your That's thoughts? That's how JB? I, I thought. I thought the. I thought the same thing. Uh, even though I'm not really into this uh, uh, Wilder Fury, uh, I thought. Uh, you know, when you said the, you know, most of the betting was on uh, Fury. I was. I was thinking. You know, with what I was just the little bit that I was reading, and I wasn't really getting into it. And it's like, uh, well, with the little bit that I was reading, it's like, you know, most of it sounds like, uh, you know, Tyson Fury. Back with the yeah, and these are, and the thing is, these are the heavyweights. These are the big boys. Yeah, you know, we're 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 almost guaranteed. We're almost guaranteed to potentially see a knockout tonight. I think it's um, that's a, that's probably what it'll be. More than likely, it'll probably be a TKO. But but still, it's you know it, it, these are the heavy hitters. Basically, this entire card has been all heavy hitters. Uh, from. Right from top to bottom. Uh as a matter of fact, Edgar Berlanga who fought earlier tonight on on uh ESPN, uh he almost lost uh by uh with uh with Costeris basically knocking his ass to the mat for the first time in his uh in his entire career. Yeah. But uh Luckily, though, Berlanga was able to win by unanimous decision, 96-93 on all three cards. Uh, I believe we just got finished with Sanchez and Ajagba, I think, because uh, some of the results from earlier, Jared Anderson, he defeated Vladimir Tereshkin by second-round knockout, or TKO, actually. Uh, Robert Hellenius defeated Adam Konaki by a six-round DQ due to low blows. Uh, 
and they had obviously next on the card is Sanchez and uh, and Ajagba, and right now Tyson Fury is a two seventy favorite to win over Deontay Wilder, uh, who is two twenty as far as betting odds go. So yeah, yeah, I you know a lot of people are anticipating that we're probably going to. Uh, you know, we're probably going to see Tyson Fury take the rubber, uh, the rubber fight here. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just, I wasn't really, I wasn't really that impressed, honestly, with what I, with what we've seen from Wilder in his recent fights. So, it's, you know, it really wouldn't be that much of a shock to me. If uh, if Fury ends up taking this third fight now, they each received for their previous fight they had a guaranteed five million just to start off with. Uh, though apparently both both fighters had more than twenty five million dollars in guaranteed earnings, uh, but their base purses were five million apiece. Uh, plus, they got percentages of the pay-per-view profits as well. So they ended up making just uh, a guaranteed base purse of $5 million each for that second fight. So imagine what they're going to be making for this third fight. Oh, uh, in the millions, of course. The multi-millions. Yeah, I- I'm... I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be a going to be a substantial amount that we're looking oh, at. Oh yeah. And actually this just in uh Sanchez he did win by unanimous decision over FA Ajagba. He keeps his uh WBC Continental Americas and WBO NABO heavyweight titles uh with the win over Ajagba. Now, uh, obviously, that just leaves the main event, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. Uh, That will be for the WBC and the ring uh, heavyweight titles that Fury had taken from Wilder in their previous fight. Uh, Now, for both men, uh, Tyson Fury, he weighed in at 277 for this fight. Uh, Deontay Wilder, he weighed in at 238. Uh, at their career heaviest weights for both fighters. Tyson Fury, obviously, uh, or as, as, as they call him, the Gypsy King, comes into this fight with a record undefeated, uh, 30-0-1, with 21 knockouts yeah. to his credit. Uh, six foot nine orthodox fighter. Uh, Deontay Wilder, though, uh, 42-1-1 record with uh, the only loss coming at the hands of Tyson Fury, uh, with 41 knockouts to his credit. Uh, stands six foot seven. He's also an orthodox fighter as well. So this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a pretty interesting main event that we're gonna that we're gonna be seeing take place here. Uh, you know. A lot of people are considering this actually to be one of the one of the big trilogies 
that they've had in boxing. Which I don't which I don't know about though, because I mean hell, we've had we've had trilogies before that Right, of course. You know, a, you know a lot uh you know, a lot uh better than me than me than this one. Yeah. That you know, I just, I mean, just just to name one for example, Arturo Gotti and Mickey Ward, you know, is one to, is one to bring up. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. Oh, of course. You know, we also we also the had uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Oh yeah. Frazier, don't want Frazier. You know, it's just. I don't real I don't really think that Wild that Fury and Wilder stacks up with some of the other you know, it's some of the other trilogies. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It probably is a generational thing. Um so obviously, you know, it's completely different as opposed to uh as opposed to uh, you know, what you would what you would uh what you would see from from you know people who got the chance to see other trilogies what they would probably yeah. think about about this matchup between these two but i mean the thing is it would be different if it was one and one but i mean Tyson yeah. Fury took uh took the second fight and they had a controversial. Granted, they had a controversial, uh, controversial draw in the first bout yes. between the two. Uh, Very controversial. So, you know, I just you know, I'm lo- I'm looking it up right now. Uh, they had a split decision draw. A Mexican judge Alejandro Rochin scored the fight, the first fight, one fifteen yes. to one eleven for Wilder. Canadian mm-hmm. judge Robert Tapper had it one fourteen to one twelve for Fury, and British judge Phil Edwards had it a thirteen thirteen draw, or I mean one thirteen one thirteen draw. Except for the British. Now, what's weird is. Uh, during the first fight, and this is what's controversial, is that Fury used his unorthodox stance, spent much of the fight using upper and lower body movement to avoid Wilder's big shots to stay out of range. Fury made Wilder miss most of his big swings. However, in round four, Fury bloodied, uh, or Wilder bloodied Fury's nose with his stiff jabs, but was unable to follow up on his attacks. Uh, Fury ended up switching to southpaw and had success and had success backing Wilder against the ropes and at the same time staying cautious of his power. And after trading jabs in the seventh round, uh, which saw Fury come out on top, Fury landed a counter right hand and then quickly tied Wilder up before he could throw anything back. Round eight saw back and forth action between the two. Uh, round nine, Wilder actually dropped Fury with a short left hook. This may be where it where 
you know, basically it was considered a draw because I guarantee you Fury probably could have won had he not gotten dropped. Uh, and Wilder looked fatigued in round 10 after, after expending a lot of energy to try and finish Fury in round 9. Uh, Fury then took advantage in round 11, landing enough shots and avoiding anything Wilder could throw at him. Uh, Fury got knocked down again in round 12, and the crowd commentary team, as well as Deontay Wilder, believed that the fight was over. Uh, the, The referee looked at Fury on the canvas and began giving him a count. Fury surprisingly beat the count, and it seemed like Fury was able to recover and land some uh, land some right hands to finish the round and the fight on his feet after Wilder basically was fatigued after that last exchange. Uh, and according to the CompuBox statistics, Wilder landed 71 of 430 punches thrown. Fury had 84 of 327 thrown. So it was 17% to 26%. And Fury had outlanded Wilder in nine of the 12 rounds. So that's what's so controversial of this, is that he outlanded Wilder most of the fight, but yet one of the judges still gave it to Wilder in such a huge fashion to where it was 115 to 111. While the Canadian judge had it to Robert uh, or had it to Fury, 114 to 112. And for some reason, I guess, I guess just for the laughs, just for the laughs, the British judge had it as a draw. Of course. So I can I can kind of see, you know, where the controversy was. I guess maybe that's why they're giving this a trilogy fight. But, I mean, if you win by knockout in the second fight, or technical knockout technically, considering the first fight was a draw, doesn't that kind of make the statement there as far as to who the better yes. fighter was? Yeah, I would think so. Maybe it's just that they see this as a as a money fight. So, you know, yeah. they've decided, <laughs> okay, it. let's just, you know, this is a money fight. Let's put it let's let's put it together. Let's make it happen even though Fury won decisively in the second fight. But I just Honestly, from from everything I've watched leading up to tonight, I just don't see how how Wilder will be able to uh, to keep up with Fury. As Fury, he just he it seems like he consistently evolves with each fight that he that he uh, that he goes through. But. Anyways, that is uh, that's coming up uh, at some point within the next uh, the next little bit here. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? Here's another thing that we should talk about, Lou. 
what are your yes. thoughts on the Cowboys getting rid of Jalen Smith? Oh, boy. Just, just when we thought everything was going smoothly our way, this has to happen. So, but, you know, we By have the way, our, the our offense. Yeah. Real quick, real quick, the money line is now 310 for Fury as opposed to 250 for Wilder. Oh, dear. But anyways, uh, continue on, Lou. I don't have anything to worry about. I mean, Dak is having a good game. I think we're showing some uh, strides uh, here. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not too con- too concerned about it. They didn't want to pay him. So it, he just uh, had to go. You know, he is, uh, I mean, obviously he's going to, he's going to get the, uh, the money that the Cowboys were, supposed to give him because of the fact he got uh, flat out released but he only signed he only signed with the Packers for $770,000 wow cheap oh that's all he signed for because he's getting all that money from Dallas oh that's why he went to the Chiefs game plan okay but uh, you know honestly this just makes Green Bay even better while I mean, even though he was having a down year with Dallas, you know their their defense is kind of hurting a little bit. Yes. So, you know, they it may turn out that they could have potentially used they could have potentially used him in the long run here. But uh, JB. Uh, I, we, uh, Lou and I talked about this earlier. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they lost mm-hmm. Russell Wilson for potentially up to two months with uh, surgery that he had to have on his finger. Uh, what do you uh, – do you think that, that Seattle could potentially, uh, you know, come back with Geno Smith? as their quarterback, or is this potentially a season-ending injury for uh, for the Seattle Seahawks? Looking at it, uh, it's all going to wet uh, part of the finger, and I didn't really read. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all going to what part of the finger it is, uh, and if it's just a finger – and I don't know what finger it is, too. Uh, it was the right. It was I the can, right middle. Oh, is he right-handed? I think so. Yeah, I think that's his throwing. I know, hand, I'm not. Or his throwing hand. Ooh. I can. I, I can, can still see him problem. come. I can. I can still see him coming back. Uh, or the season's over. I mean, they're saying they're saying uh, best case scenario is considering that they say he's a quick healer, uh, that he could potentially come back yeah. as as early as four months. Or, I mean, four not four months, four weeks. But that wouldn't surprise me. A lot of people, no. a lot of people are looking at are looking at potentially six weeks. Ooh. 
this is going to get interesting here. I, I, I may be a bit behind here, but Alabama looks like they're about to score. Yeah. I've been that, they just did score. That, that's, that's why I haven't been uh, saying anything. I've been uh, watching this uh, Alabama game. <laughs> so have I. JB, how, how shocked are you that Texas A&M was, had basically Alabama on the ropes for pretty much the entire game? Touchdown, Alabama. Well, yeah, I saw A&M that. That's on the ropes. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised this at all. I I was kind of surprised at the uh, at the score because I was looking at yeah. the first quarter and it was like seventeen to seven, and I thought, yeah. whoa, Alabama's going to have to come back somehow. Yeah, like where the hell did this come from? But they've been kicking the shit out of Texas A&M this second half. Yeah, it, it just seemed it just seemed really weird that uh, you know Alabama was struggling so much against Texas A and M when usually, I mean, they own the SEC. It's uh, here we go. Now it's thirty eight thirty eight thirty one. So A uh, and M needs to respond here like they did uh, like they did the last uh, the last yeah. Alabama touchdown, uh, but. You know, this uh, – we were talking about potentially Texas having the biggest blown game. I think this may be the biggest one. Now, with, uh, you know, with Texas A&M blowing the golden opportunity that they've had to, you know, to beat one of the – Get away. If not, if not, if not the uh, college – in college football. Yeah, on their own uh, turf, too. Wait, no. I, I No, they were playing on Texas A&M. They were playing at Texas A&M, yeah. not at Bama. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I meant, you know, it's, uh, you know, a big blow for Texas A&M being they're playing, uh, and they were at one time beating uh, Alabama, you know, on their own turf. And I thought, oh, you okay, know what, yeah. that's that's really going to, uh, you know, those fans are really going to go, uh, you know, ape shit. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, by the way, it looks like this is about to go final. Uh, Utah with about 52 seconds left. Uh, they are currently leading USC 42 to 26. And it looks like that is probably about to go final any minute now. Uh, even no, though goodbye, USC, uh, USC. Goodbye, USC. I picked USC. Oh, well. In ball JB, that ruins your uh, perfect uh, week bid. Oh, I, I I thought with the uh, first three uh, games that I had, uh, what was it? Ohio State. Uh, oh, who else did I pick? Oh, wow. Michigan just barely covered. Actually, it's a push. 
Michigan and Nebraska, uh, Michigan favored by three. Michigan just barely covers. I was almost going to pick that, and I was going to pick Nebraska. Actually, no, never mind. You lost with Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon State and uh, Washington State. Actually, it, lo- it looks like headed into Monday Night Football, you're going to be three and three. Because yeah. Alabama, they're they're favored by seventeen and a half, and yet yeah, forget they're, it. <laughs> they're having such a hard time. They're having such a hard time against uh, against uh, you know Texas A and M. So that's a pretty big shocker right there. Um, let's see. Do we have anything? Uh, oh, Notre Dame. They, uh, they beat Virginia Tech 32-29. Uh, Kentucky with a 42-21 victory over LSU. And uh, yeah, it looks actually yeah, it looks like that Utah score is about to become final because that's, I mean hell they're driving they're driving right down uh, USC's turf right now so that's not going to be a uh, yeah that's going to be a final in just a bit here. Oh, I crossed um, that off at the, at the half. Yeah, I said forget it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have uh, Lou, obviously, with uh, the NHL starting things back up. Uh, the score actually put together uh, the score from Canada. They put together a list of teams who may uh, of coaches who may be on the chopping block heading uh-huh. on to this uh, heading into this season for. Four coaches in particular. Uh, we got Dallas Eakins from the Ducks, which obviously nobody expects okay. anything from Anaheim this season. Right. Uh, and it looks like that it's possible he may just finish out his contract before they decide to move on to somebody else and provide a new voice for the team. But Eakins is expected to be on the bubble. I wouldn't be shocked, actually, it says here, if he potentially gets dismissed uh, midseason. Jeff Blashill of the rebuilding Red Wings is also on an an expiring deal. And it says he'll have to make a noticeable impact this season to be re-upped in Hockey Town. Uh, John Hines of the Nashville Predators... Uh, John Hines of the Nashville Predators uh, says here they're basically staring a rebuild in the face, which kind of makes sense because they've been underperforming for so many years, and their stars are very, very overpaid. I mean, hell, you got got their former player from Columbus making $8 million a season to uh, uh-huh. put up lackluster stats. Uh, Ryan Johansson to put up lackluster stats. And it looks like if this is the year that the Predators unravel, 
that John Hines will likely be the scapegoat and will likely uh, will likely take it out of uh, you know he'll likely be uh, be the one to be fired as opposed to the general manager or something. Uh, they also named Bob Boner. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. B o u g h n e r uh, of the San Jose Sharks as a possibility to be on the hot seat as says here, if he can't rally his club to, to outperform their California rivals or the new Seattle Kraken, he will yeah. probably be on his way out after, after possessing a decent amount of quality players yet still not being a playoff threat the last two seasons. What are we looking with the Kraken here? Are we thinking it could be like another uh, another Golden Knights story, or or not really? You know, I would not be shocked at all. Oh, uh, geez, look at when... this. Oh, we got something. We got a game. We got a game here, gentlemen. Oh boy. Uh, Texas A&M, yeah, they are not going. Yeah, they are not going quietly. No. Uh, Whoa, oh, their quarterback is down though. Their quarterback is down. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, because you know they've done so well in preseason, and uh, you know doing right nicely. So I'm thinking, is it going to be another repeat of like a Golden Knights story that just happened? You know, just a few years ago. It's possible. I mean, Grubauer, Grubauer is their starting goaltender. You know, we saw how well he was for the Colorado Avalanche for so many years. Yeah. Uh, and when you take a look at who they got in free agency, they picked up Jaden Schwartz. They ended up, uh, I mean, obviously, like I, like I said, they signed Grubauer. They got Jaden Schwartz. Uh I mean, you just take a look at their roster in general. Some of the names that stick out to me, Ryan Donato from the Minnesota Wild, uh, Chris Dreger, who would be a very good backup, uh, Vince Dunn, yes. very underrated from the uh, St. Louis Blues. I'm kind of surprised that St. Louis didn't protect him. Uh, Jordan Eberle from the uh, New York Islanders. You know, he seems he seems to have had a yeah. resurgence uh, over the past couple of years since leaving Edmonton. You got a young defenseman right. in Hayden Fleury. Uh, you got a veteran defenseman in uh, Mark Mark Giordano from the uh, Calgary Flames, who still is probably one of the best defensemen in the league. Uh, you got. I mean, they they got some pretty solid players here. Uh, a good mixture of young and and veteran players. That honestly, I could potentially see them being a contender. Um, I mean, now I don't know if they would be a contender. I could see them being a contender for a playoff spot. I don't know if they would be a contender for a for a Stanley Cup this year. Uh-huh. But. You know, uh, oh, that's another thing. They got Yanni Gord as well. And they played well in the preseason. And Yanni Gord, I don't think he even played because he's still recovering from his injury. That he suffered at the end of the, at the, end of the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, playoff run. Yes. 
So, I mean, he's going he's gonna to easily be one of their top scorers more than likely. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, you take a look at that roster, at the roster that they currently have, and I really do see some potential. It does honestly kind of look like the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights that their yeah. first year. When everybody was looking at Vegas and everybody was saying there's no shot in hell with this type of roster uh, that Vegas is going, you know, is going to make a run for it. And we saw what ended. Yeah, up I happening. mean, nobody really thinking that. No. And you know, like I said, you saw what happened in Vegas. So it would not shock me at all, especially with them having Dave Haxtell as their uh, as their head coach. Good. You know he 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 led the he led the Flyers to the playoffs two out of the four years that he was in Philly. Right. He never had really a losing season, with the exception of his final year where he got fired after 31 games with a 12-15-4 record. But otherwise, I mean, his first year, he had 96 points. Second year, they missed the playoffs with with 88 points. The third year, they made the playoffs again with 98, but they ended up losing in the first round. Both, uh, both appearances, they lost in the first round in six games, first to Washington and then to Pittsburgh. So... I mean, overall, you know, his head coaching record uh, in the NHL is 134, 101, and 42. So, I think it's possible that maybe we might see, we could potentially see a run because this is sort of similar to Gerard Gallant with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. The, The same sort of type of record that Gallant had before he became the head coach of the Golden Knights uh, during their first year. So I would not be shocked at all if uh, Seattle uh, can make some noise this first year. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be an immediate contender, but if they can at least make some noise, that'll, you know, that'll perk up some interested, uh, some interested players potentially in free agency. You know, maybe this could be a good first, for a good first step year for Seattle. It could be. But, yeah. uh, you know, it should be very interesting because, I mean, right now, you know, it, he he's listed as obviously a newcomer. So, obviously, with a new coach, you know, you're not really expecting new coach. New coaches aren't going to get no. fired in their very first year. Um. It takes a it takes a special kind of stupid to be able to do that. Uh, Gerard, speaking of Gerard Gallant, you know he's the new head coach for the New York Rangers now. So we're going to be able to see if he can push the up and coming Rangers uh, officially into the playoffs for the first time in what seems like forever. Uh, you also have other yeah. uh, new head coaches. You have other new head coaches like uh, Brad Larson of the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Dominique Ducharme of the Canadiens, even though 
even though he made the finals last year, he was still technically he's still technically somewhat of a newcomer. Uh, yeah. You got you got Andre Tarigny for the Coyotes, uh, Don Granado for the Sabers, Daryl Suter for the Flames, which uh, for a lot of people it's a make or break year for the Flames because a lot of people believe that they have the talent to to make a playoff run, but it's possible that this could be if they if they can't get something done this year. They may just break up that entire squad, and that will start with uh, that will start with Johnny Gaudreau, their uh, yeah. their number one uh, their number one forward. Uh, for for uh, there are only two coaches that are listed as not going anywhere. Uh, where basically the only way that they'll that they will yeah. be uh, leaving their teams is on their own accord. Uh, those two coaches are the back-to-back Stanley Cup winner John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning and yep. Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz of the New York Islanders, as he has the Islanders on the cusp of a potential championship. So there's no way in hell that they're going to get rid so of him thinks. at any point in time. So he thinks, yeah, but still, it's clear that the Islanders have played so much better ever since he ever since he became the head coach. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that. No question about it. Yeah, ever since he became the head coach, they've they've been miles better compared to uh, compared to where they to where they were on previous years. Uh, let's see for. For players that are listed as safe due to their reputation, uh, Bruce Cassidy for the Boston Bruins, he's 194-82-41 with a trip to the Stanley Cup final, as well as a Coach of the Year award uh, since becoming head coach of Boston. So he's likely not going to go anywhere. Um, Rod Brindamore for the Hurricanes, uh, he did just win the Coach of the Year award, Whoa. and he also signed a contract extension. First down. Oh boy! Yep, looking. We got at it left, right. guys. Yeah, this is a. Uh, wow, are we really going to see A and M take it in the in the last minute here? Oh, is my co-host going to be ticked off next week? I want to I want to see him beat Alabama. I really do. Even though I like Alabama. Whoa. A 50 million dollar bet was just placed on Wilder by knockout. Whoa. Did you see 50 million? <laughs> A fifty, I repeat, fifty million dollar bet to try and win one hundred and seventy five mil on Deontay Wilder by knockout. Yes. Oh boy, getting really good. Wow. 
And if you lose, then you're really screwed. Yeah, you're pretty much wasting away money, essentially. You know, A&M, they are in field goal territory. A&M is in field goal territory. They could just run out the... They could just run out the clock almost here. Yeah. Honestly, being the fact that if you did that, you were just a complete imbecile anyway. Man, oh, man. Ah, you I dummy. Still... Flag, flag. Oh. Wow. Just, I, I you know, I still... I can't believe we're oh, yeah. looking at this right now. You can't believe it either can I. I mean obviously unless A and M fucks it up here in the last uh the last thirty seconds or so. That's a magic word. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. With with DPI, with DPI you, at the you gotta, you, Yeah, you, you know it's against Alabama. Well, obviously. I mean, this is their, you know, this is their golden opportunity to finally give Alabama a yeah. loss. Yeah, their second one too. Because everybody, everybody looks at Alabama as a, uh, you know, I, as the team that can't be beaten. So, well, they've uh, already been beaten once. Now they're five and zero. This will be their second one. No, they're five and zero. Oh. This will be. I thought the they were four and. One. I thought they were four and one. No. Nope, they're five and zero. Oh. So this would be the this would be their first loss of the season, and uh, you know, Lou and I talked about this earlier. We're pro- you're probably looking at. Uh, you know, you're you're probably looking looking at. Uh, Georgia taking the number one spot with uh yeah. with Iowa probably going number two. And I uh I picked uh Georgia to uh win it all too. Well, you know, like we like we talked oh, no. like we mentioned last week. Like we mentioned last week, Georgia definitely has the schedule uh to where they could finish the season undefeated. At least heading into yeah. the SEC title game, that is. Here we go. Here we are. Yep, one second to it's go. Done. <laughs> done. This is it. This is it. Oh my God. Wow. To think that Alabama, Jesus, I I cannot yeah. believe that Alabama. Normally, normally they normally they don't have this amount of problems. They they don't have this big of a problem normally with Texas A and M. And tonight A and M just delivered. Yeah. But now now this completely changes the rankings. Period. Oh, I really screwed up. You know, you you talk about you you want to talk about a shakeup. You're definitely looking at a shakeup now at this point. 
How far down do you think Alabama's going to go, though? Do you think they'll go uh, down to fifth or maybe third? You know, I don't fourth? think they fall out of the top five. I just I no, don't think no. they fall out of the top five. No, huh? No, I don't think so either. Um, I think it'd be as far as maybe like number four. I would say yeah, maybe three or four. I I still think Cincinnati may take three. No, um, I don't. You don't think so? No, I, I as much as I'm a Bearcats fan. And I see how high they're ranked. It's like some of the teams that are ranked lower than the Bearcats would just whoop the Bearcats' ass. It's like if the Bearcats played uh, Arkansas, Arkansas would whoop their butt. I really, I think so. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, it might but, be like you know, you know how the rankings like, go. You know they they usually oh. uh, they usually do things based off of based off of record as opposed to you know who would actually uh, you know who would actually win against certain teams and whatnot. They usually go more based off of record. They do. It looks what like the uh, looks like the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight is set to t- set to start any moment now. Because uh, according to tw- according to Twitter, uh, they got the walkouts uh, going right now. But let, let's see. Do we have any other any other finals right now? Uh, we got Tulsa right now over Memphis, twenty-one thirteen. San Diego State over New Mexico, thirty-one-seven. I still can't believe A uh, and M over Alabama. That. That right there is perhaps the biggest shocker of of the entire week. Yeah. Um, yeah. It ought to be. No, Notre Dame over Virginia Tech. Uh, right, right. Wait, that's just the top 25. Um, let's see. How about UCLA USC. Well, considering Utah's issues that they've had this year, yeah, I can, I mean, that's, I would consider that a bit of an upset considering the problems that Utah has had this year. uh, Yeah, this is a a bigger upset, though, I think. You think so? Texas A and M over uh, Alabama, yeah. Well, I oh, oh, so. I thought I thought you were t- I thought I thought you were talking about Utah and USC. I was going to say what? No, no, no. No, it's yeah, an no, upset, a, but it's not as big as big an upset as uh, this one. Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely. Uh, I mean, 
A&M over Alabama. They had Alabama favored by. I just looked. At, I I looked at the uh, at the spread document once again. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen, seventeen and a half. Yeah. I mean that basically tells you right there that a lot of people didn't even have any, or the uh, the bookies didn't have any faith whatsoever in uh, in Texas A and M. They got the whole state of Texas out on the field. <laughs> well, everybody in the uh, stadium, almost. Yeah. You know they're probably going to get fined for the fans storming the uh, storming the field, though. No question about that. Like, yeah, like Arkansas really. did. Arkansas got uh, got fined when the fans stormed the field a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean that's ridiculous. It's the end of a game. Let the fans celebrate. I mean, as long as nobody game, gets hurt. I don't see yeah. any problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, especially especially Texas A and M, who you know is is currently unranked, and literally nobody ha- gave them a chance. Period. Yeah. So at least you know, at least give them the chance to uh, exactly to actually be able to celebrate. Well, enjoy the moment. Yeah, just like Arkansas a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, no, text, probably... I, text, I texted Jim that uh, that game. That was the game that he went to. I texted Jim and I said, you know, hey, uh, I forget what I actually uh, texted him. He texted me back, "Woo, damn pig suey." <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was the uh that was the game that actually led to Arkansas then being ranked. I believe. But Anyways, yeah, you know, obviously the uh, – when do the rankings come out tomorrow? Is it noon? Um, yeah, it's not even – they come out early. I don't know exactly. Or short, I think shortly before that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's either 12 or shortly before it because I know it's before the NFL games uh, start up. Hmm. Yeah, there's more people out on the field with the uh, Texas A&M than there ever was with uh, Arkansas. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was a pretty packed house tonight, so. Oh, yeah. All right, well, you know what? I think we are going to cut it uh, a bit short uh, for tonight. We got about four minutes left. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Lou uh, and JB for My joining pleasure, me tonight. Um, just a, uh, a reminder for anybody who uh, who is listening either uh, on the archives here. Uh, 
every Thursday night. If you're a Survivor fan, we have a recap show that we do uh, to recap the uh, previous night's episode of Survivor 41. Uh, We will, of course, have another one this upcoming Thursday night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. If you guys haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Missy AE podcast either on blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE or by subscribing on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as well as Amazon Music. Uh, And if you want to join the Whispers groups, you can do so by uh, going to Facebook. You can search Survivor Whispers, Big Brother Whispers, Sports Whispers, uh, if you're a fan of spoilers, there's also Survivor Whispers Premiere, uh, where basically that's our spoiler group um, that is run exclusively by Jim Early, uh, whom without his help, none of these podcasts would be possible to bring to you. Uh, but yeah, you know, everybody uh, have a great, uh, a great rest of your uh, week. And we will see you guys uh, for Sports Whispers Weekly. We will see you guys next Saturday. But otherwise, uh, we will see you guys on Thursday night for another edition of the Survivor Recap Podcast. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.